Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that makes me so mad. No, Democrats no, again. No. <laughs> oh. We're not live, are, are we? Yeah, live? we are. Yeah, we're totally <laughs> live. <laughs> My face is all red. I almost made myself pass out there. Holy crap. What a weird day. <laughs> what a weird day. Check this out. This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex. Here with my co-host as, as normal. Will Brinton. And uh, we're here to uh, to drop some bombs today on uh, on the Hobbyplex Show podcast, which is sponsored by Pivot Lending Group. You can uh, locate them at pivotlending.com. And if you mention our, our show... You're supposed to talk to Don Zoller, but of course, uh, we think it's funny if you call up and you say, hey, I want to talk to Aiden Olson's dad. Hilarious. Totally hilarious. And uh, you can get yourself a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your rate. They're the uh, full-time sponsor of the show. That's how we're able to come to you weekly. So with that, we got, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We had a huge weekend of racing and I was all ready to talk about that. And then we started getting race results from other races that some of our locals have gone to. So I wanted to talk about that. And then Hobby Hobby breaking news. Coronavirus. I'm in the middle of building the track for the techno series and what comes down, but new uh, state health requirements that limit capacity to 25% for events. No. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, really. It, it the the other ones, um the other major ones that would affect us is um you need to wear a mask if you're in close contact with somebody for more than say fifteen minutes is what it said. So the employees at the Hobbyplex are already wearing masks. I don't think that that necessarily includes people in the pits because in the pits the way that we're gonna have it set up is you will be like several feet from one another hmm. six feet or whatever it is. So, and then the six foot thing is mandated now too. Really? Like before it was a guideline and now it's a, a mandate. So I guess they're going to have like six feet police. I just see like, um, government agents with six foot sticks walking around like Cartman. Get back, get back six feet, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So the Holiday Inn across the street used to be the host hotel for the Hobbyplex for the last, what, 15 years? And uh, yeah. they got this new manager guy. And um, I called up there to, to talk about something. And he, uh, he mentioned that um, our rate expired in December and they didn't want to uh, uh, renew it. So now mm. we don't have a host hotel like we always had. That's kind of dumb for them. Yeah, I would think so, right? It really bummed me out. I mean, I, I think it was almost like a, uh, unfortunately, it was a retaliatory move um, because we had a problem with uh, with theft over there. And uh, yeah, I don't think they like that, apparently. So um, now we don't have a host hotel. Hmm. So whatevs. Well, don't stay at the, was it the Holiday Inn? <laughs> I'm not going to come out and say don't stay there, but I... Because, you know, I don't know. I, well, just, just go to the other hotel. Yeah, there's, the a Fairfield, the other there's a Fairfield there. Yeah. 
Hey, go to the Fairfield. Support them. They're cool. They also won't give us a rate. So that's okay. They're better than the Holiday Inn that their employees steal from you. <laughs> it's, I don't know. What do you? I mean, what do you say to that? It's it's awful. Yeah. Uh, so that's the big news is uh, 25% capacity. That's the main thing that affects us. So what we have to do now for the techno series, um, cause it goes until November 30th. Who knows? It'll be extended. Of course, our race is this coming up Saturday. This is, uh, how I very quickly put out there a RC sign up page and it, it's limited to 75 people or households. And so we're back to eight foot tables again. So instead of four foot spots, because we have space, yeah, we have 75 pit spots and uh, that's, that's what can be taken up. So the last, I checked it before I came to to here because my phone was dead and uh, I was running behind. I I ran into the store and I looked it up and we were already at like 50. I did see one or two people signed up twice and I already deleted their names. So, so with this being nitro, do you think it's more co- a common practice for a lot of the hardcore nitro guys to have trailers? If you could have guys like commit to saying they're bringing their trailer and they're going to put out of their trailer, yeah, um, in the parking lot, yeah. I mean, or, the only thing or is a camper or something. Would I mean? Could you uh, add people like like we could count on that? I think with this one, we probably could. Yeah, I think there. I think there could be several out out back. Hopefully, it's not too cold out. I haven't even looked at the. Uh, um, forecast for this week mm-hmm. i don't think it's gonna be too cold i don't believe i don't know maybe i should look at that now um oh my goodness i'm reading and now for your hobbies complex forecast for this weekend no i'm 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 getting sidetracked because i was trying to answer all these questions about the sign up thing and i'm reading i stumbled upon a, fr- a high school friend of mine that uh Ooh. is posting this stuff where i it makes me cringe to read it. Cringeworthy, yeah. Unfortunately, some people are so skewed in their views that really, like, I kind of want to, like, get rid of Facebook altogether. Yeah. But it's it's been a pretty good tool for the Hobbyplex as far as advertising goes. So. I know. And it's also, right now, the best way to spread information about any racing that we do. So it's not like I can just mm-hmm. drop it cold turkey, right? Yeah. It's, going cold turkey is not as delicious as it sounds. Huh. That's weird. Ryan Clemmy just just said that the uh, the Hobbytown rate still worked at the Holiday Inn. Nice. Maybe they didn't get the memo. Yeah. That guy sure was a jerk face to me on the phone, though. So maybe they got rid yeah. of him. So exploit. Please exploit, exploit this. Yeah. Go to the Holiday Inn. Get your eighty four ninety nine a night. And uh, and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And don't say anything about it. Just yeah, get it. Just just get it. Don't say, and oh, I thought it was thanks. done. Yep. Let's see how long we can keep this going. Let's um, milk it for everything that it's worth. Woo. Man. Um, I'm still, I'm all a flutter. Look at my hair. Look at, look at this. It's all, look at how frizzy my hair is today. Look at how frizzy that is. Oh. You know what yeah. I hate about? So I every it's once, go ahead. Frizzier than normal, dude. It is frizzy. Uh, I went back and I watched uh, my after hours from this week, and I hate doing. That's mm-hmm. a bad thing for me to do because I went to the doctor about two months ago, mm-hmm. whining about my hair mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm I'm I feel like I'm losing the back <laughs> the back of my hair back here. 
And my doctor says, no, you're not. I'm like, are you sure? Because I clearly see a bald spot back there when I, when I look at, when I review past video and, uh, she told me I wasn't, but then last night I was rewatching part of this, uh, the after hours, uh, show and, uh, there it is. It's right there. So I don't know. Kind of sucks. I don't want to lose my hair. Yeah. I've always had really fine hair. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. My hair is really, it's already, it's like angel hair pasta. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it's just really fine hair. I, I, I want to mention, I've never actually felt your beard, but if I grew a beard, it would stab Gretchen's face. Cause my, my, Mine whisk, does. my yeah. whiskers are, are hard. They're, they're That's like, why my mustache is so long. Yeah. Is, uh, it, it's, it's sharp. Like you could cut diamonds of this thing. Mm. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but it's very freshly trim and sharp. It's not deburred or nothing. Right. It's, just, it's a stabber. The hair thing really bugs me though, because it took me 25 years or so to finally come to terms with, with my curly hair. And embrace it. I guess I embraced it mm-hmm. a little bit earlier because I did have, I started the, the RC tech handle Froboy. That was my RC tech handle. Yeah. And I, that was when I was like 19, 18, 19 or whatever, but to truly be yeah. okay with, with my, my super curly hair was right around like my, mm-hmm. my lower twenties. I used to get picked on a lot when I was younger, like in, in elementary school and junior high and stuff because of my hair. And it seems like, now that I'm cool with it, it's fallen out. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Getting old I sucks. used to have, when I had a, a mohawk and stuff, I'd get like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'd get kind of picked on. Like there was this time I was walking down the hallway, minding my own business, and somebody like just grabbed it and like pulled me to the ground by it. Dude. And I cool. was like, so you think I get mad yeah, when I, somebody calls like, I don't even remember what happened, but I had to go home early that day. Yeah. <laughs> Super lame. And then I had everybody's respect. It was like prison. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's the big news today, right? We touched on that, right? What? Online sign up for the techno series. By the time this podcast oh, comes yeah. out, we'll be at will into practice on Friday. So, but for the YouTubers, for the YouTubers that are uh, that are listening to us on on YouTube, on the Hobbyplex show, um, spread the word. Spread the word, please. Um, if you don't get in, I'm really sorry, but we do have to cap it at 75 people. But like Will said, if you're gonna Man. if you're gonna be in the trailer out outside, you know, I think that would be yeah, and you're double wide. That would be an exception. I'm, I'm I'd be okay mm-hmm. with it with the uh, protect uh, a. Uh, Dude, I'm so lost. My my brain's not functioning now. Maybe it was because I spent the last 14 hours or so in diesel fumes. Could that could yeah. that could that affect my cognitive ability? Maybe if you're weak. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I, I'm on here. I'm on here. Joe biting it. I'm like, I'm so, um, uh, I don't, yeah, you're like, like, you know what I'm talking. You know what yeah. it is. Oh. <laughs> Where am I? Where? <laughs> what? Which button do I press? <laughs> uh, give me the new codes. 
That got dark really fast, didn't it? Give me the new codes. Jeez, Alex, too far. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the other races going on this weekend? Because we had a big weekend. We had, what did we have? We had 42 on Friday, 93 on Saturday, and then we had 48 on on road day. We had oh, a really, really? Good, yeah, we had a really that's a good. Lot for on road. That's not too bad. I think, all I think last year, though, they were averaging around the 60 or so. Yeah. But, like, you know, I think that there's a few people that may not come just because of the virus and stuff. Yeah, I know. But still, I mean, that's pretty good, I think. There's uh, the Fall Classic that happened this weekend mm-hmm. down in Hutch. Yeah. And uh, Aiden Olson went to that. He won four-wheel drive mod, and he got second in two-wheel drive mod. Yeah. Awesome. That's, That's really good. Pretty good. And they were on full slicks. Yeah. Just just like the race I, I was just at. And I the Fall Classic the last three or four years, everybody it's been going to slicks earlier and earlier and earlier. Yeah. I think they were on him. I saw, I saw pictures of primes on practice day. Really? Yeah. I, I read his post. He said that it was, uh, his first full, like his first race on full slicks. He's never actually been to a race on slicks like that before. Yeah. I, it's not my favorite thing to drive on, but yeah. I don't know. As long as we're racing. I know. I didn't think it was that bad down there at beach RC. It just depends on how many runs you can get out of a pair of slicks and still be fast. I mean, if you're one run in slicks, no thank you. But if you could run slicks for like, I don't know, three your qualifiers, and then you put a new new set on, new set of slicks on for the main. Yeah, that's not too bad. I think down there at beach, I think I think you could get away with multiple runs on a single set of tires. I think that's what did me in is I I put on a brand new set and I I thought they'd be great and they weren't. Hmm. Of course, I ruined them. I guess what I'm thinking. Looking to see if there's any any other quote unquote locals. Kind of kind of all the Ken Peterson did pretty good. The Ruben Kings went down there. They all looks like they all made a mains. Forty plus, I think Tony Leatherman won that. As he should. That's that's, cool. his, that's his home track too, so should feel right at home. Be nice and comfy. I think yeah. um, Ashley McCormick and Easton McCormick went down there. So two will drive. Ashley McCormick got fourth in a two wheel drive short course truck and oh yeah. And then he got second in four wheel drive truggy mini truggy, which by the way, I, I, I got one. You did. I did. Which one did you get? The techno ET 2.2. I, uh, I built the diffs and then I put everything in the box and started working on the track. So hopefully I get done with the track early enough to where maybe Thursday night I can thrash on it. Are you going to race it this weekend? I was going to try, but the way things are looking right now, I might not have time to get it done. I mean, I'm going to have to like stay up all night, which I'm not very good at doing anymore. I used to be able Mm -hmm. to stay up all the time. Now, like 11 o'clock comes around, I'm in bed. Oh, really? never used to be that way. I mean, Hmm. I, I could stay up for hours. I was never that way until I finally got a CPAP machine. And like now I I'm good with like hardly any sleep. I can, I mean, you know what I do? Like I, like my stuff's not right. I come home and I'm working on that thing for the next day. Yeah. I, uh, 
like <laughs> I go home. I what I what I usually do is I'll be at the track. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take all this part. I'm going to work on this tonight. And then I get home and then I get in my garage and then I look over at my car sitting there and my tools and stuff. And I'm like, nah. And then I go inside yeah. and I turn on like the Mandalorian or something. And then I go to sleep. Yeah. That's, that's what I do now. Yeah. I try to think about like having how mad I'm going to be the next day if my car doesn't work. Right. And that's my motivation to work on my stuff. Well, that's probably why that I'm not fast anymore. I don't think about it. I don't even give myself a chance to think about it. I just like run in and start doing it. <sighs> yeah. That's probably why I'm not fast anymore. Don't you think? <laughs> I don't have that drive anymore. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to leave this here. I'm you're gonna... still, still fast. I mean, you're, you're doing good in pretty much every class you ran yeah, at no. each. Like I wouldn't think you're not fast anymore. Cause that means, uh, it doesn't mean that much when I beat you anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> ain't that the truth? That's the truth. Uh, the Alabama, manufacturer shootout was also um this last weekend which is why our techno series is coming up and not last saturday because uh originally it was november 7th and i saw that they rescheduled the shootout on that date and i'm like well i know i know for a fact that a bunch of our normal nitro guys would go to that race yeah so god there's so many classes there's a main result so it'd be the nitro let's go to uh Pro electric buggy, and that's the A2 main. Because I know the the usual suspects, the Fullers did, went and did really well. Van Dalen, Seth, uh, did really well. Jared Wiggins did really well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Fullers really like kind of knocked on some doors out there. Dude, uh, Mason was like blown out in one qualifier, and like his last four or five laps were the fastest laps of the qualifier. Mm. And he made the main, I think. Mm-hmm. Just throwing down some heaters. Yeah. He finished fifth in pro truggy. Right in front of uh, Cavallari and right behind Joe uh, Bornhorst. Wiggins uh, finished ninth. Seth finished 11th. You knew he had a really good weekend. Now, he's not a local, but Brandon Rose, man. He was doing yeah, he really was... good down there. What cars does he drive now? Dude, I don't, I don't even know. I haven't stayed up on that. Is, I know he was with Serpent for a while. I don't know if he still is or not. Mm, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Mason Fuller won the 15 and under uh, buggy main. Is Mason 16 yet? I think so. Or not. Of course, of course he wouldn't be because he's in 15 and under. But what, like, how soon before he is 16? It's got to be soon. I don't know. Because like he's, have you seen him lately? He's look. He's like a man. Yeah, he's not. Those, he's not like a young are. man. He's like a man. Yeah. He, he right now he looks like a younger, skinnier version of his dad. Yeah. Let's see. Let's look at the AAA main. Oh, where, where's night? Where's Pro Nitro Buggy at? I know Cavalieri won that one. Seth finished tenth. Mason eleventh. Jared Wiggins was fourteenth. So again, the three of them making those main events. And then I think in the intermediate class, I think Caden uh, just destroyed everybody. Right? It's intermediate nitro. Yeah, look at that. He won the intermediate nitro A main. <laughs> and he won he won the intermediate nitro buggy A main. So he won both intermediate classes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Ian Mori was in that too. So the Mori's went down there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
two more here. We'll look at the, uh, here's the multiple main event things. So mini Truggy was, uh, nope, nobody we know. Oh yeah, there he is. Jason Mori. He I, looks like he finished seventh. Yep. There he is. Finished seventh, uh, with multiple mains. So they did, they ran two, two mains, double mains for electric classes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think he's running the Losi, the TLR, or not the TLR, but the uh, velocity conversion. Oh, uh, Chance Rolk says a gamma is what. Oh. Uh, oh, I did. You know what? I did see that because Tyler Jones was was doing really good too. And then Brandon Rose, they said teammate. Yeah, yeah. both those guys. I, I drove in a gamma when I was, before I got my Mugen for the 18 Nats. I was yeah. like. I was driving a whole bunch of different cars and I actually did like the gamma a lot. Yeah. Cause you drove my car and you're like, you know what car works really good. And I was like, which one? And you're like, a gamma. I was like, what? And yeah. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then I bought a Mugen. <laughs> yeah. So pro buggy pro e buggy was, uh, looks like Mason Fuller finished 11th and Seth Van Dalen finished 12th. So they were right next to each other, right behind Jared Tebow actually finished 10th. Mayfield took that one in two. And then, uh, you know, you know, what's interesting. Uh, the other thing I noticed, like the, uh, the nitro buggy pro main at this, at the shootout was Ryan, Ryan, Jared. Yeah. Right? So uh, how many years has that been going on now? What? 20 A long time, like 20 years like now, 20 years. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to want to quit those three. They're not quit, but like they're not falling off. Mm-hmm. And I also think nitro races also, in my opinion, suit wily veterans almost sometimes better because they've had so much experience with what can go wrong that I feel like their cars are almost more solid and they have, I bet you they understand how the track can change drastically from qualifying to mains and how to be prepared for that more than somebody who's just, who's fast, but just starting out with nitro. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's kind of kind of the news of the industry so far uh, this week. Did you see the uh, the mini B that I got? I did. It looks pretty cool. It is really cool. It handles better. Like it's um, handles better than mini T. Like it, the mini T is fun. Don't get me wrong, but it does on carpet, especially. It, it grabs a lot of traction and can actually like just flip over and make and be kind of hard to drive. But this car, yeah. not so much. I think the skinny front tires and the and the the length that they added to it to make it one sixteen scale uh, helps with that a lot. That's pretty cool. I, I would really like to see uh, some other manufacturers come out with those two wheel drive scale cars. Two wheel yeah. drive too. I think it would be really cool. Well, see now that, that I brought this up before, like I always really liked eighteen scale because it gets people started, you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have that's, a whole lot of space. A, like we could have a track in my basement. Yeah, I know. That could be kind of fun. Just have a bunch of friends over and 12-pack and go at it. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter well, if you get like, packed or anything. And backyard tracks are, like, they're pretty dang uh, important, like, for racing. Yeah. Like, and people don't realize that, you know, like, uh, just because it, or or even just RC sales in general, like, it just gets people into it. You know, and a lot of the backyard-style uh, racing, like drag racing, for instance, that's like really popular. Um, you can just go out in your street and kind of test and tune for no prep style racing. Yeah. 
And there's um, several groups that come into the store that don't even know each other. That they're, they're they just they're, like there's an entire family that comes in and does drag racing. And they've they, now they've really? kind of yeah they've kind of dabbled in in some of the organized stuff lately. But for a while there, there was like two or three different just groups of of families or friends that were just um, just all into drag racing and uh, didn't even know that each other existed. And then Sunday, they went over across the street to that new parking lot in front of uh, Line X. Is that what that is? Line X? Yeah. Yeah. And they the were doing... Line X building? Yeah, they were doing drag racing there on Sunday. That's cool. I thought so. I guess it's smooth enough. I didn't even think about that when they built that, but it's so weird. Well, and people, I mean, they don't know if it's not smooth enough. They're just out there running their stuff and having a good time. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's what's important about that. Yeah. No doubt. That's why guys put uh, eight scale motors and rustlers and Arma Centons and Typhons. Yeah. <laughs> Typhons. So before we get into results, I'm going to change stuff up here. We have uh, a couple questions about the COVID thing again. So John Haas is on here and he's like 75 limit for races with COVID restrictions. Question mark. Yes. <laughs> so basically it's 75 people because we have 75 pit spots. So in order to maintain six feet, right, we can't have two non-household members at a table. And so what we did in the spring with this, with the summer series round one was affected by COVID restrictions was we, we limited to 75 people because 75 is our capacity. So our official capacity in the hobby plex is like 312 or something like that. So if you, Take that down to 25%, which is what the state of Nebraska has right now as of one o'clock today, that leaves us with 75. So, uh, or just around mm-hmm. 75, like if you include me. Although it, again, it says something about like uh, excluding employees or whatever. So that's why it's a 75 limit. We have 75 pit spots. So everybody will be spread out. Obviously, we, uh, we, we did, we, we talked about it today. Um, we kind of had a little mini managers meeting on the phone and, uh, basically, you know, we have to make sure that we remind everybody that, you know, try to stay away from one another. We're still outside of the city limit mask mandate. So if you, if you don't want to wear a mask or if you're like, you know, against it or whatever, nobody's going to give you a hard time, but, um, it'd be nice to see, uh, more masks, you know, being worn in the pits. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's just kind of sucks, but that's just the way we got to go about it um, to try to manage through this whole thing. I got to be honest with you. I was pretty, pretty devastated uh, today at about two o'clock when I, when I read that, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Not again. It's just like a, just a punch in the gut. Cause you think even though the numbers have been going up, the deaths haven't been crazy. So in my mind, I was like, well, are we going to go crazy again with restrictions or are we going to, not have it be as bad. And I guess they're not shutting places down. Right. So it's, it is kind of in the middle. Yeah. I I mean, that's what I, I thought it was like, you know, it could be worse, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel naked without a mask. Yeah. You know? mm. Yeah. I'm longing for the day where we don't have to wear them anymore. Well, me too. But I mean, if I don't have it on right now, I, I will say that now I'm, I was very close to becoming a Karen about three days ago because I was in B, mm-hmm. I was in BP and 
it's it's a inside city limits, so I'm wearing my mask, and I'm standing in line, and I'm I'm on the you know they got the stickers on the floor, and uh, I'm standing there and I'm holding my kickstarts and whatever else I was banning, I can't remember, and uh, this guy comes in and he's like seventy something, and okay, this is gonna sound brutally bad, honest, but there is now I've noticed now that we've been doing this long enough, there is a stereotype of people that don't wear the masks. And I don't know if you've seen it down there in Lincoln. I don't know if it's different, but up here, if you have a giant silver belt buckle and you're wearing like a plaid shirt of some sort, there is no way in hell that you're wearing a goddamn mask. And it's that way up here everywhere especially in West Omaha. Like I get on Reddit and I read people here in Omaha, a lot of, you know, a lot of, I can't believe that people aren't wearing mannequins, blah, 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 blah. And I said this last week, I said, well, don't go to South Carolina because down there, there was a citywide mask mandate in Myrtle beach and nobody was wearing masks. Like Gretchen and I got looked at weird because we were wearing ours, but up here, yeah, most people are wearing masks. Most people, mm-hmm. but this day, Mr. Belt buckle guy came in and instead of going to the back of the line like regular people do, he just kind of moved in front of me. And I was like, yeah. I had my mask on and I was like, <laughs> and I tried to like get him to hear me and I'm wearing my mask and I wasn't very loud because I, I didn't, I'm also trying not to be in confrontations, especially about the mask thing. Yeah. So I'm standing there and he, this guy like moves in front of me and, and I, I grab my, I have these two things in my hand and I throw my hands up like this. Like, yeah, I look like I'm just flailing around and then I turn around to make eye contact with this person. And it's a, it's a woman and she's not wearing a mask either. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I almost, and then, and then after that, after the old guy uh, went away, I saw this, another dude with the belt buckle walk in the other door and you could see him. He walked in and he looked at he looked at everybody that was in the thing, and then just strolled on by and went back to the uh, to the beer. So good for him. <laughs> yeah, having a beer, huh? That's interesting. So nothing happened. You just he just bought I, his stuff and left. Yeah, he, he bought his stuff and left. And didn't even notice what I was doing. And that's okay. But I told the guy at the register, I'm like, dude, I'm about to Karen up in here on these people. Yeah, like. Why aren't you wearing a mask? Like, I don't want to be that guy though. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't, I mean, you know, Well, why did he cut you? Because you're like giving six foot between you and the other person. Yes. It's like, it's like when you're driving, it's like when you're driving down the road and trying to keep two seconds behind the next car in front of you. And the, and the turd burglar goes in there and, and, and takes that, takes that two seconds away, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this guy at the gas station uh, when I got off work the other day and he was like, he came up to my chest was easily like 400 pounds, walked with a cane. And, um, he was like mumbling something to the lady behind the cash register. And then when he walked out, he, he had, he had like those pants that were like, they used to be regular pants for somebody that's like really tall and big, mm. but they're like cut off at the knees cause he was so short, but there were pants on him. Oh, okay. And, and, <laughs> and he was like, 
he's like, well, I don't care. I mean, I, I can do better than you or something like that. He said that to the lady behind the counter and was like walking out. And I was like, what the heck? And she was like, I don't know what, what's wrong with that guy. And then like two days later, I'm in there. The guy works there <laughs> and he's like flipping out and like, he keeps like putting his mask up and it like falls off because it's all worn out and haggard. And like, uh, I don't know. He just, he's, yeah, he was just, I don't know. It was just really weird. I was like, I don't know. I'm never going back to this gas station. The Casey's near my house actually will, will tell people as they're walking in that they need a mask. And, the, and there's been, there's been one or two times there now where the first guy that I saw in there, we were all waiting in line and uh, he went up to go purchase stuff and the, and the girl behind the counter, she's like, she's like, sir, I can't, I can't serve you cause you're not wearing a mask. And the guy's like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to ring you up cause you weren't wearing your mask. And I'm in, I'm like third in line and I'm like, going, yes, yes. <laughs> all yeah. right. Yeah. If I have to wear a mask, yeah. that guy has to wear a mask. That's what's going through my head. I know I shouldn't care, but that's what's going through my head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so finally the guy's like, you know, he's like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know what it was, but he, he turned and looked at everybody that was in line and we were all wearing masks and he just smirks and like, (laughs) and I wanted to say, I'm like, dude, just put on your bleeping mask is what I wanted to say. But that was right after my back, my bike accident when my ribs hurt and I didn't feel like getting a conversation. Yeah. uh, but then the other guy came in and they said the same thing to him. And he just walked right past me. He's like, and he puts up his shirt over his, you know, over his nose or whatever, like a douche canoe and the old uh, shirt mask. Yeah. And he's like, you guys are supposed to give us masks. And they're like, no, we're not sorry. Mm-hmm. But then the QT down, I went to a QT at 84th and, and L nobody cared. Nobody said a mm-hmm. word, not a word. There's a lot of places here in Lincoln that they just have it on the door. Like, we won't serve you or whatever mass required for entry. Yeah. I haven't been to the motorcycle shop that I go to in months just because I, it's not somewhere I have to go. So right. I just don't go. Yeah, no. Anyways, back to the, uh, back to the depressing. I thought this was over, but now it's back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the groundhog's day. Wah, wah. Yes, exactly. I was actually thinking about that over here. I'm like, uh, the Groundhog Day analogy comes into play here. Mm-hmm. Another question right underneath of that was, so are the tables first come, first serve? I mean, basically, you have to sign up online. So if you didn't sign up online, you don't get to race if we're full. But if you do sign up online, uh, do you get a table before you get there? Or do you, is it first come, first serve it's on just tables? First, yeah, it's just first come, first serve on tables. Okay. I'll have saving tables. Can you save tables for yeah. people? Oh yeah. We'll just like we always do. We'll, you know, if you want to save tables, if you want to hit me up, I'll save you a table. It doesn't matter. But, uh, the pit spots are basically first come first serve, but you do still have to sign up online. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's just sign up online. Everybody save you a spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. There we go. Everybody's going to get a lot of space at this one, which is abnormal for us. So, Four feet still. And it's not. And it's not like we like this, you know. It's just we're just trying to play right. by the rules so we don't get in trouble. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, is what it really amounts to. So it's like 
for the guys that might make a joke out of this. It's like, we don't like it any more than you do. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is, is having a Douglas County Sheriff show up at our place and tell yep. everybody they got to go home. So that could happen. There's a couple questions here that I'm going to save to the end when we actually do our, uh, our question and answer. And, real questions. Uh, yeah. Real questions. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll do the pivot lending break here and uh, then we'll get into some race results and uh, finish her up so I can go back to working on the track. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a pivot lending update with Dave Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is Don Zoller with pivot lending and I'm here with David Olson. We're here to visit with you today about utilizing your mortgage equity for investment opportunities? Yeah, this is a great time. Within the last 60 days, or probably 90 days, 60 to 90 days, the market's rebounding, um, but there's still opportunities out in the market. So we just wanted to touch base on leveraging your equity uh, that you currently have in your house. Yeah. So with the rates as low as they are right now, you know, you can take the equity out of your home and you can use that to invest into the market and you can actually make a larger return on your money there than what it's costing you in an interest rate for your mortgage. The other advantages are when you pull your money out of your investments, obviously everyone's investments have taken a hit right now. You're depleting what's already been depleted and then you're taking a tax hit on the money that you're pulling out of your investments. When you do a cash out refinance on your homes, there's no tax hit on that money. And again, rates are so ridiculously low right now, you can invest that money into some safer investments and rebuild your investment portfolio and then make more interest than what it's costing you for the money. That's a good point. My wife and I actually did this uh, in 2015. We, uh, we pulled some equity out and, and purchased Apple stock at like 75 bucks. And uh, I think I checked... Yesterday in Apple was at 300 or, you know, and it, and it goes up and down and uh, they're, they're cash flush, but yeah, it, it was, it, it worked out really well. So that return on investment, like you're saying, I mean, is, you know, threefold of fourfold of what the cost was. And that was the first time I've ever done anything like that. But uh, we, we had enough equity that we're sitting on it and uh, at the time, you know, the market, real estate market was starting to come around. Um, one of the dads on the baseball team is an, was it a certified financial analyst. So we would always go back and forth and talk about the different investment opportunities. And he was just a big fan of Apple at the time. And I just winged it. But yeah, so we, we killed it on that Apple purchase. So you've got, you've got some good ideas there for well, sure. A lot of people don't don't think about the fact when they look at their investment portfolio, your home is usually one of your biggest investments. You've mm -hmm. got, you know, people are, you know, pay off the mortgage, pay off the mortgage, pay off the mortgage. Well, now you've got, you know, 150, 200, 300 or more. Once it's paid, yeah. Sitting there, mm -hmm. not being utilized that you can tap into and use, you know, somewhere else and in, in to invest if you're not ready to retire or if you want to pull that money out and use that money for instead of having to pull the money out of your investments initially. So to be able to pull that out tax free is is huge. Yeah, it's um like I said we it worked for us. 
I, I think the key is just, you know, finding, you know, the, maybe the Berkshire B of the world or just something mm -hmm. that, you know, the next big thing <laughs> or something yeah, that, you know, is undervalued or but bigger, you know, I mean, not, definitely you don't want to sure. jump into penny stocks. Right. Did that once. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't work out so well, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't do plenty of equity. That was all, that was all cash purchase, but yeah, I thought, I thought we were retiring for sure on that one. <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin's still out there. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great, good ideas. And uh, I, I think it's worth giving you a call to, to visit on, on the equity side. And if you're needing an investment, um, someone to represent you on investments or trades, Don also has a um, got some great referral partners yeah, to be great. able to pair yeah. you with someone yep, that can here help you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're interested in seeing what your opportunities are for a cash out to utilize the equity in your home, give me a call 402-715-9082. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277-589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109-995. Now to your regularly scheduled program. Ooh, more questions about about the uh, the entry thing keeps That's coming fine. up. I'm not going to bring it on here. I'm just I'm a, I've been answering on my phone. Yeah, um, my face is all red. Why was that? Because we were we were doing that stuff in early in the show. Maybe or is it because I'm I've been inside of a building with diesel fuel for the last twelve hours? <laughs> I can't tell. That light's kind of hot. <laughs> Maybe that's all it is. There's a light, there's a hot light there. The winner is. Do you want to get into race some race entries? We can talk about Friday. Friday was fun. Yeah, race results. Race results. So we had uh, 42 entries on Friday, and we had. Mm -hmm. Boy, he packed those plexers in in the mains, didn't he? Looks like 21. We had 21 plexers. Mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Steve Wall uh, took the win in Plex. John Haas finished second. John uh, comes out on Wednesdays usually in practices. Hopefully the track will be done by Wednesday for you. And then uh, Jesse uh, Ellithorpe was third and actually talked to him. He just ordered from us a uh, 2.0 Techno Buggy, actually. Nice. Yeah. Then it was John Sorensen, Michael Smith, Hector Sorensen, uh, Mike Gablehouse, Ethan Farrington, Dylan Haas, and Anton Yurka. I'm going to say it's J-I-R-K-A, which I would assume would be Yurka. Like the J is kind of like a Y. That's a cool name. Sounds good. Yeah. Emerson, I brought Emerson out on Friday. He just, he was not having it. He just doesn't feel like racing lately. Huh. He wanted to race this, this slash and then we kept, we kept breaking the, the shot caps. Oh, really? Yeah. So. One of our recommended upgrades. Yeah, exactly. From last week. Good callback. Absolutely. Yeah. 13.5 four-wheel drive. So a whole bunch of the uh, kind of um, middle Iowa, Fort Dodge-ish area guys came out. Bradley Peterson, uh, Tyler Fleming uh, finished first and second. Tim Marks was third. And Jesse uh, Ellithorpe was fourth. And then two-wheel drive mod. You destroyed everybody. Almost got 12 yeah. laps. Mm -hmm. And Mitchell Pavel got second. I got third. Actually, no, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. Yeah, because uh, uh, Tom Smith's uh, transponder didn't count. 
How did Mitchell get in front of me? I thought I I thought I lapped him. I wonder if I missed a lap. Maybe, maybe. Because I know it was Will, and then Tommy got back around me. I thought I was third, and Mitchell was fourth, and then Eric was uh, Eric Wunchel was fifth, mm. and then Emerson. I I thought he was going to race, and then he just he just didn't want to run his buggy, so he just kind of yeah. hung around. And then E buggy, he put all ten cars in the main for E buggy. Yeah. Uh, it was Ashton Mitchell, Ashton Abdul, who's at the track right now, helping me out, uh, or at least was. I mean, he might have gone home by now. Mitchell Pavel was second, Bryson Pavel was third, Nick Pavel was fourth. <laughs> All the Pavels are right there. And yeah. then Tyler Fleming, Bradley Peterson, Ronnie Went, and Daryl Wallen. And it looks like Steve and Eric did not get a start. Did Mitchell race Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yes, he did. He had his pit spot there all day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. God. Man, because uh, I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to race on Friday and I'll, I'll race on Saturday. What the heck? And then like Mitchell's there both days and then he brought his on-road stuff with him too. Yep. And I was like, I bet he's racing all three days. Yeah. That's yep. pretty awesome. Yeah. He rolls like that. That's uh, mm-hmm. for sure. So we'll switch over to the carpet uh, syndicate again. Uh, I think, I think this is the biggest, well not think this is the biggest club race we've ever had. So the syndicate, mm-hmm. The sitting kit is a, it's a point series. I don't think of it as the same level as our summer series as as far as like draw. But I think, I think it is that way for, for a lot of these guys though. Mm -hmm. So we had 92 entries on Saturday and I went back and I looked and the first carpet crash in we, we ever did only had 80. Yeah. And the second carpet crash in we had, had like uh, maybe 80 something. So Mm -hmm. this club race actually beat our big race. Uh, Last year we had 117 entries, but um, the first two years. And we got done on time. Dude, we flowed right through. We only had 14 heats, so it was nice being able to pack all the heats together. So that kind of helped with that for sure. Plexbeck beginner Grant Noonan came from behind to take uh, the win over Daniel Bender. I thought Daniel was going to be gone. Uh, Grant made a really good, sweet move to to get around Daniel, and then he crashed over the tabletop in the middle and got marshaled like like last. And but he came back to yeah. win. I think Daniel's last three laps. I looked at him; they were kind of they were all kind of all over the map. But Daniel's last three laps were pretty rough. But it's Plexbeck, you know, you're going to catch up to some traffic, and and it's not like these guys are just going to move because that's not what yeah. that's not what six and seven year old kids do. They want to race. Easton Mosier finished third. Nevin Sneathan, his first time on the carpet this year, finished fourth. Jamie Peevler, but one time I think was in third, uh, finished fifth. Cody Mosier was sixth. Camden Mosier was seventh. And Zach Schlotman was running a rustler in eighth. And uh, he did a good job of making the rustler carpet proof. You got to take on the Traxxas cars, if you're going to run Traxxas uh, two-wheel drive cars in the carpet, you have to take the rear bumper motor guard completely off because the motor guard we figured out last year if you leave the motor guard on, on, it'll actually jab into the carpet and tear it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it, it sags <laughs> underneath of the chassis just ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. So, figured that one out. So that, we were going to have two. I think somebody else was going to run a slash, and they ended up not doing it. Uh, and then stadium truck. So, you'd be proud of me. I actually worked on my stadium truck a little bit. Wow. I put a gear diff in it, and I, I changed the, um, the axle height to match carpet so I could get the proper uh, dog bone plunge for a carpet. Hmm. And it worked. My car, my truck was really good. 
a lot easier to drive that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet. <laughs> Cause with the, with the dirt set up and the dirt axle height, like I felt like that truck was going to flip over all the time. No, it definitely looked like it was staying a lot flatter yeah. than normal. So I took the TQ and win in that one. Um, Dayton Mosier pressured me early and then I kind of, kind of got away from him. He finished second. Caden finished third. He, uh, he was farther back, like an opening lap crash or two, but he came back to beat his dad. John got fourth. Ryan Hodgson uh, finished fifth. Bill Palmer was sixth. Matt Moser was seventh. And TJ Geese was eighth. And I think I think TJ and Matt both got the bump from the B main. So that was really good. Mm-hmm. Truck's fun. That being said, if I can run two more times, I think, because what was that, round four? I don't know. I think it's the first one I yeah. I think I wrote best five out of five out of seven or six out of eight, something like that. So if I can, mm-hmm. if I can score maybe say a first and a second, first or a second in the next two, then I can, uh, I can put that truck on eBay. <laughs> like my plan. That's funny. My plan was to, was to buy that truck, race it at beach RC and then turn around and sell it. But I'm having so much fun on carpet that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep it for a little while. Yeah. Expert chance roll. Uh, pretty much dominated the day. If you figured something out, because this car was was pretty much, I wouldn't say untouchable, but but pretty close to it. For a little while there, the battle for second between Mike, Dayton, and David, they were catching Chance at one point. If you watch the video, and then they were just they were nose to tail for almost the entire six minute run, and so Chance was able to get that extra lap. David Peeler was fourth. Uh, Dylan Reith was fifth. Caden Bernie was sixth. Kenny Danley was seventh, and John Bernie was eighth. John worked his way up into the A main and uh, from the, from basically dead last after the resort. Cause he broke in that first qualifier, but chance led this one from start to finish. Did really good. I think it helps to have a pink car, like a very bright fluorescent car. Yeah. I have to start doing that mod two wheel drive. So Tom uh, was here getting laps again. He's going to that race in Florida in two weeks, I think mm-hmm. his car looked pretty good. You know, the the track that he's going to is going to have probably longer jumps than ours. Yeah. But it is on black carpet. So he's getting good he's getting good practice. Yeah, and I was telling him like if anything our track's going to have it's going to feel like it has more grip since we have the the pads like on pretty much every spot that you turn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cuz those can kind of grab your car. So mm-hmm. I told it like if anything his car's going to get easier to drive when he gets out there. So Yeah. Derek Wood finished second, just one second in front of you. Mm-hmm. Then it was Riley Filbert, who was first time on black carpet as well. He, I guess, moved up here from Topeka. If I understand I guess, that right. That's what he's saying, yeah. And uh, Mitchell Pavel, again, uh, running all weekend. He was fifth. Caden Bairdon was sixth. Dayton Moser was seventh. And David Peevler was eighth. You were having kind of a rough day, and then it got way better. Yeah, I... Uh like my setup I ran last year didn't work as good. So, um, I made some changes and I, I wish that I would have made them for the, for the second qualifier, but, um, and I wasn't saucing and I sauced for the main and, uh, my car, it felt about the same because I did, I did in practice. My car was better when the sauce wore off. It was just like a little freer and more predictable. Yeah. So, um, I just quit doing it. And then I, uh, my tires are like 
clapped out. <laughs> and so I was, I was like, how often are you guys saucing? Oh, every run. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll put some goop on. So I gooped my tires and I, I lightened up my suspension some. I was running like 45 weight front oil and 40 weight rear. And that's what I ran all last year. And, um, I had, couldn't get my car to go through that stutter bump section to that roller onto the straightaway. Yeah. And my car would just get like, so out of shape on that. Like I was just like barely like rolling through that. And then, um, once, uh, I lightened my suspension up, I went to, um, 30 weight rear and 32 and a half front, maybe 35 front. I think it's 32 or 35 front oil. And my car, I could just like accelerate through that whole thing. So it's like you'd hit that 180 coming onto it, or those stutter bump things, mm-hmm. and you could just like gradually roll onto the throttle. And then once your car turned to go on the straightaway, you just rip it and la- launch and land onto the straightaway. It's perfect. And it actually got easier to drive in the infield. But um, I did that for the main. I didn't know how it was going to work. So it's like, oh, I, got, I can kind of learn how to redrive this thing. And my last, my last few laps were probably my fastest. Yeah. But it was weird because my car started off good. I ran like a 14-1 in practice. And then um, I was like, well, I, I guess I'm right there. I didn't really think much of it. And then my car just kind of started falling off. So I don't know if something with the grip level kind of changed or what. But Yeah. Um, yeah. But I got it figured out. Yeah, it looked, definitely looked better for the main. Yeah. Looked way more competitive. We had two heats of mini tees. We had a mod and a stock class. And then um, I was going to throw them all in together for qualifying, but Tony Price wanted to run both mod and stock. He had two mini tees. So I split them up mm-hmm. and then he went home. So I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Now we can just put everybody together again. We scored them separately. So Jake Poteet actually won the whole thing. Uh, oh, no, he didn't. Sorry. Jake Poteet won stock. Derek Wood, his mini tee is uh, pretty fast. He did a 1508 in a mini T <laughs> he would have qualified. No, no joke. He would have t- qualified top of the top of the B main in, in stadium truck. Yeah. And imagine like if we weren't screwing around and he like took it seriously. Yeah. yeah which like, you're not you supposed to. I hope, I hope nobody right. ever takes mini T seriously. No, but like I bet he could, he could qualify for the A main in stock with that thing. That's how good and smooth that thing yeah. looks. <laughs> Brian Kiever finished second in stock. Caden Bairdine finished second in Mott. Jana Peevler finished uh, third in stock, and Grant Noonan finished third in Mod. Grant Noonan, he was uh, he was having a good time with that little mini tee. Oh, anytime uh, Bearding would crash, we kept putting him onto the straightaway to get him caught up to Derek. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like every single time he'd crash, I'd get his car. I'd run it. A- Tom reached out and grabbed Derek's car once too. Like held on. Yeah. To it. Yeah, but any, anytime that he'd crash near me, I'd get a hold of his car, just put it on the straightaway. Yeah. Thirteen <laughs> five four wheel drive. He had uh, Chance Rolk TQ and win this one too. Again, I think he figured something out with his cars. Mike Sanders got another second. Uh, David Peevler finished third. He, uh, I think he crashed after the tabletop, right at the start, and then worked his way back up there. Corey Tannehill had a good run. He qualified seventh, finished fourth. Hogan Miller qualified eighth, finished fifth. Nick Pavel dropped down to sixth. Ryan Hodgson was seventh, and Dylan Reef was eighth, eighth place. If I can speak right, 
And then your last race of the day for off-road, uh, Dylan Reef came back to win that one in independent buggy. Nathan Hoganmiller was second. Joe Schnoes was third. Then it was Kenny Danley, fourth. Jake Poteet was fifth. Phil Palmer was sixth. TJ Williams was seventh. And Derek Noonan was eighth. That capped off the biggest off-road club race on the carpet we've had ever. Finally, we have the uh, Winter Series. We had 48 entries. TCS Spec. So this is the one where everybody runs TTO2s. They've got like a spec battery, and they all have to run, I think, 21.5 motors. I think that's right. Or you can run the brush motor. Not at the TCS race, but at these weekly, or the, the monthly club races. So this was an actual... Winter series this is round two of the onward winter series. You had uh, Nate Anderson uh, winning it. Mark Ebner was second. Ben Seedlick was third. I hope I don't kill that name because um, I know who that is. Uh, Jim Hungate was fourth. Barry Eveland was fifth. Tom Quidensley was sixth. John Murphy was seventh. So I think there was just seven total cars. I did see John's car break. So I think he was up there battling with, uh, with Nate for the win. In mm-hmm. uh, USGT, which is... Um, 21.5 touring car, basically, with, with cool bodies on them, not those ugly, fugly uh, touring car bodies that they have now that don't really look <laughs> like anything. Uh, these are yeah. all fairly realistic cars, you would hope. Maybe. I don't know. They're kind of getting loose with that, too. I mean, some of the bodies look like spaceships, basically. Yeah. Mike Clement, qualified second, finished first. I TQ'd with my X-Ray, I think 2015 or whatever it is, and uh, one little bobble, and I gave up. Uh, I gave up the lead. Uh, Mike was probably faster than I was, anyways. But it was a pretty, pretty, really fun, close race the whole way. Even with the bobble, I, I made a mistake on the straightaway. Didn't crash. Didn't need a marshal. Kept going, but I, but I was offline, and Mike got underneath me. And instead of turning down into him, wrecking us both, you know, I had to give up the spot. And then I just stuck to his bumper the whole way through. It was fun. Dennis Rarden finished third. Kenny finished fourth, Ken McKenny, and Chris mm-hmm. Tyler finished fifth, and Mitchell Pavel did not start. He's driving that Mugen touring car, and he, yeah. keep, he keeps breaking it. He actually snapped a belt. Ooh, I forgot Mugen made it. Yeah. Uh, electric touring car. They have a new version of it out now, too. So, huh. the next day main would be Euro Truck. So, this is even a more of a spec class. So, they're basically TTO1s with the semi, what do they call those? Well, Euro Truck. That's what they call them. And uh, you can't change anything. You can glue the sidewalls of the front tires. And I think you can put bearings in it. And I think that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. So Tim Ski won this one. Uh, Chris Tyler finished second. Mark Edmer was third. And Barry Eveland was fourth. So there was only four racers for this one. However, this Wednesday, so in two days, will be the ETRL race, like number two or whatever. And basically everybody who races at the Plex has, has one of these. And they'll all be there to race that. And I think they have to do like pit stops with stickers and stuff. They try to make it fun. Stickers? Yeah, they put, they, so you, 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 you pull into the pits and then they take a sticker and they put it on your truck to show that you pitted. Oh. Yeah. It's oh. Interest, interesting. So like you, if you have somebody that can put the sticker on faster, that's more well, better. It, but it's the same person putting the stickers on each car. Oh. So they okay. have a sticker guy not really it's not necessarily a team sport oh okay you know what i mean yeah i know uh pro 10 so that's a one ten scale pan cars there was a class of those uh this time around mike clement uh got another win in front of uh kobe krell 
Uh, Benjamin Fenton finished third. And Will uh, Frericks finished fourth. In Formula One, which I got to be honest with you, I kind of want a Formula One car again. But, God, they're expensive. Yeah, they're expensive and they don't look like they handle very well. Yeah, I know. But it's still an F1 car. I know. Ken McKinney, qualified second, finished first. Uh, Tony Tony Cook finished second. Craig Moline TQ'd but finished third. Dennis mm. Raritan was fourth. Bob Foster was fifth. And Mason Ebner was sixth. And Jim Hungate was seventh. Yeah. Uh, Trans Am, Tony Cook's got a really fast Trans Am. His car is always really good in, in Trans Am. He also posted the fastest lap. Uh, Nate Anderson finished second. Dennis Raritan was third. Chris Tyler was fourth. John Murphy was fifth. Ben Seedlick was sixth. Mason Ebner was seventh. And Mark Ebner was eighth. And then 12 scale. Uh, so Mike Clement got three for three in his classes. He finished TQ'd in one. Craig Moline was second. Kobe Crow was third. Benjamin Fenton was fourth. Bob Foster was fifth. Will Frericks was sixth. And Chris Tyler was seventh. First, second, and third did not change position to how they qualified. So that's kind of interesting. So, whew, a big weekend of racing. I think a total of, uh, let's see, 92 and 90. So about 180 entries or so. And uh, we won't have another one of those type of weekends for at least a couple weeks because this Sunday the track's open for practice. It'll be right after the techno series. I don't think, I don't think Tim likes to schedule anything like dirt oval related on the after techno series. Cause the track gets so uh, brutalized. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to build it or build that, uh, sprint car that I have, I think and come out and race it. So nice. They race those on su- Sundays. Yeah. I just, so the next, the next dirt oval race, I believe is the 29th. And okay. I just realized that, so we're not having family Friday offered on the 27th. So for November, we're on, off, on, off because the 27th is black Friday, right? Yeah. We are having carpet off road on that sun, on that Saturday though. Yeah. And I just realized that. So, um, I'm actually scheduled to work all day on Friday because it's black Friday. So I might, I might end up putting the track up on the 26th on Thursday thinking. I have black Friday off. Nice. Come up and practice. Dirt or carpet? Carpet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it right now, baby. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? Couple questions here on the YouTube, and then we'll then we'll wrap her up. Uh, okay. So GT. Oh, this is something I think we should start doing. And uh, even though I know we don't get a lot of viewers, but I think I'm going to turn on super chat the next time that we do one of these. Ooh. So my idea with that is somebody can pay us to get to the top of the line here when of, with questions with super chat. Hmm. So okay. if they, so if they, if they do like, you know, two bucks or whatever, then they're highlighted and their questions like big. And, and th- I feel like if we turn on super chat for the YouTube thing, if, if it's super chat comes up, we basically have to stop and answer that question right away because they paid for it. Yeah. Right. That'd be cool. That makes sense. Yeah, we should definitely. Oh yeah. Makes yeah. sense to me. All right. But for now we'll just, do these in the order that they are received. GT Fakey asks, how do you lower ride height? Feels I've been trying to figure this out for a while. On which vehicle? That's a good question, but I can say from my experience at the store, there is some people out there that don't know what those black clips are for on their shocks. 
Oh yeah. I get this all the, I get this all the time with ready to run stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot, most of the time it's the opposite. They want to know how to raise their ride height. And I'm like, well, you know, that bag of stuff you got with your car that has black clips in it. That's what those are for. And then they go, Oh, I threw those away. And then they end up buying more of them. But mm-hmm. if you, if you got, if you got shocks like that, you can just take that clip off and then your right height should be lowered. But what happens like, um, Nick Sneathan was trying to get his right height set on one of his cars and the spring perch was too long. Yeah. So we had him go to the, so like on an associated car, you've got a zero uh, millimeter spring perch. What is it? A five. And then like an eight. So the longer the spring perch, it pushes the shock up. So if you like on carpet, especially with my truck, I put the rear spring perches at zero. That's how I can get my mm-hmm. right height super low. Yeah. And you know, you kind of judge it like, uh, like, you know, you, if you're right height, you know, you, you have like, you have the shock where it's like no gap and mm-hmm. your right height is like exactly where you want it, where you're running five offset. You probably want to go to the zero and then have that adjustment for later. Yep. Um, you know, and you know, if you, if you have your right height set and your front springs like move up and down, and your right hides where you want it, but you have like, you lift your car up and the suspension settles and the spring like moves around cause there's no tension there. You want to put the longer offset cup on it. Like the next step. I up. need to do that to the front of my truck. Cause I've, yeah, I've been letting want, my springs float like that. And the reason why that's a bad thing is, you know, the spring, uh, moves around like, so when you, you pull throttle, your car is going to move back and then load the front suspension. Well, your springs are like, you know, floating around, like they have no, they have no purpose in life. Right. And they have nowhere to go. Right. And, um, they could get caught and in between like, like the spring and the cup. It's like, it could be like offset like that. And then it'll raise your, your right height. And then you lift it up again and it goes blink, like right back in there. And it's like, God's constantly like moving around and you don't want that. So that's the only reason why you wouldn't want that. Here's a good one. Jason Haley asked this on uh, After Hours. I tried to answer it, but I'm like, you know what? That might be one you might want to ask, Will. If your chassis protector is 0.5 millimeters thick, should you take this thickness into consideration when setting your right height? Um, No. Wouldn't that just be part of the chassis then at that point? Yeah, it, it kind of is. I mean, because, you know, you, you think about it like your car drags on that and it's still ground clearance. So. Yeah. I told him to just take your, just treat it like, put your, put your chest protector on and then set your right height like you always would. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know anybody that adjusts right height for the chassis protector thickness, but on, on dirt, I don't run a chassis protector. I don't like the way my car no. handles with one. Yeah. You really shouldn't. It almost like it's, it sticks to jumps. Yeah. That's, that's, I figured out a long, long time ago is like it, like rings to the track when your car lands. Yeah. And just does weird stuff. Like if the track's kind of wet, Yep. but like I only run one if I have to, Yep. you know, I, if I'm running on a track that doesn't require one for carpet, I'm taking it off. Right. But our track does require one. So I run it, but that's my opinion. I, I think your car handles different with the chest protector and it could just be in my head. You know, there's a lot of fast guys that run chest protectors. Yeah. So. I got one more, one more. Uh, what would cause, this is Nick Sneathan. What would cause my four wheel drive steering to feel super twitchy on carpet? Man. Well, tires. 
Another thing that I think a lot of new people to carpet don't necessarily think of is dual rate on your radio. Yeah. Dual rate. But if, if he's running uh, front tires with inserts in them, like take the inserts out, like on four wheel, you don't want to run any insert in your front tire. Okay. Because it makes your car crazy twitchy. Okay. Interesting. Because you know, it, it like pushes the that pin or like the like the like on a swagger, like it just like drives that that pin into the track and doesn't give with the insert in it, but without the insert in it, it makes your car a lot easier to drive. Okay. So that's one thing you could do. And I know like a lot of people glue their front sidewalls right. on their on four wheel especially, and I would do that. The other thing on carpet, and a lot of people don't think about this when they set their steering throw. So I always, when I set my, uh, my dual rate, when I have it all the way over, like against the lock, like I wanted to just touch that, but not bind up this, uh, uh, camber link. Yeah. So if you have this like pulling, you know, white knuckle steering wheel all the way over and it pulls on this and pulls this away and you go to turn this and it doesn't move freely or it's binding, that's essentially making your suspension way stiffer on that corner. Yep. So um, pretty much giving giving you like either no suspension or like it's just making your suspension feel stiffer. And when that happens, um, you know, just kind of like I talked about the pin getting driven into the track harder, essentially just drives your front tire right into the ground and it pivots on it and it makes it like really hard to drive. Cause like you can get your car to do different, like feel completely different just by having the dual rate set up incorrectly. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes a huge difference. Just overall twitchiness that in tow, like if your toes like crazy towed in you're, and you're not running zero or maybe like half a degree out that could make your car twitchy too. And given that your camber is set correctly. Yeah. So there you go. Glue the outside wall of the tire. Check your endpoint adjustment so that you're not stressing out your your front suspension and binding it up, essentially. And uh, take the foams out of the four-wheel drive fronts. Yeah. Those are three things. Okay. Well, I got to go back to the track, go back to work, and uh, finish up this Techno Series layout and uh, come back tomorrow and keep going. <laughs> so yeah i hear you there so that's it for us um make sure that uh you check out pivot lending group you can find them pivotlending.com and if you mention our show uh you can get a 500 hundred dollar lender credit or 0.125 um off your rate if you go through with a uh home loan or refinance make sure to ask for don zoller or you could always ask for aiden olson's dad why not yeah Aiden Olson's dead. Aiden Olson's dead. With that, we're going to sign off and um, we appreciate you listening to us. And if you're on YouTube, uh, man, thanks for tuning in. I hope you like this uh, ad-free version of the Hobbyplex Show podcast because uh, I don't monetize the uh, the Hobbyplex Show Hobbyplex Show podcast. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but it's not monetized. We just want you guys to yeah. watch. I, that also means that I don't have to split any money with Will. So. Yeah, not yet anyways. <laughs> So there you go. Um, We'll see you guys. Uh, We'll see you guys later. All right. See you guys.